Hi, I'm Kerry Green from podcastfasttrack.com, and you are listening to Amy J and the Chasing Dreams podcast. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you so much for tuning into episode 72 of the Chasing Dreams podcast, which is mind boggling, but even more mind boggling. This is the last episode of 2016 because next week you guys should be with your family, relaxing, and all that. So, 2016, we're going to end it up with one of my favorite people who has done an amazing thing for the podcast. Carrie Green, who does our show notes and, you know, gets you guys all that information from the podcast episodes. He is on the show today. And, you know, what matters most to Carrie Green is that his life matters not just now, but for eternity. He's working hard every day to ensure that his life does matter in a variety of ways. Carrie is a retired pastor turned entrepreneur. He's built and runs Podcast Fadge Track, a company that provides professional audio editing and production, and SEO-rich show notes, which I can attest to, and has created a couple of online video courses, is the author of nine books on topics ranging from Christian growth to business mindset to fiction. And his most recent project is launching in the new year, January 2017, and is called Live, Build, Change, a project at helping Christian men and women live an authentic Christian faith build a business part-time or full-time and change the world by integrating the two. It's his dream to make his life matter by equipping others to make their lives matter for eternity. And what better way to launch something so amazing than the new year? Carrie, I have questions. (laughs) Hopefully I have good answers, Amy. It's so great to be on your show. Thanks for the invite. You know, it's, it's beyond time. I, you've always been on the other side of the episodes, taking care of the show and the episodes and just, you know, getting it done for us. And we are so grateful. So one, it gives me a chance to say thank you publicly for all that you do for Chasing Dreams. So thank you. You are welcome. It's been our joy, our pleasure. Yeah. And you guys do a great job. I mean, the links and just reminding people if if they don't have a chance to re-listen, you know, to be able to go back and get, you know, the information, the tweets and the the things you pull out are always fantastic, but now you're on this side of the podcast episode and you're on the hot seat. And I have questions. You're a retired pastor. How many years were you a pastor? I was a pastor for right around 20 years. I lose track because there were a few stints in there where I was between churches. And so I had different jobs that were not ministry related, but altogether about 20 years. 20 years. Is that right out of school? Is that something you've always known or had a calling for? Uh, it was right out of college. When I, I first started college, I was a music major with a business minor. And about a year and a half into that, felt like it was better for me to head toward a ministry career. And so I transferred schools and started studying youth ministry and got into a part-time youth ministry almost right away, even during during college. 
after that, we, uh, my wife and I, you know, got into some positions where it was a full-time thing doing associate pastor roles and things like that. And, you know, as things like that go, it, it just kind of climbed the ladder, so to speak, and became a, a co-pastor, a preaching pastor, a, a pastor of small churches, and just kind of went on from there, various places all around the country. And you retired 20 years later, which sounds like an amazing uh, amount of time to do to be doing God's work and helping others. H- how do you know where you go from there? I mean, you're serving others. You still are. But did you did you go to the golf course? Did you celebrate in some way? <laughs> what do you do when well, you retire? You know, the retirement was not really that kind of a retirement. Um, I'm not even 50 years old yet. So uh, it was a sense that the calling was gone to be in that line of work. And my conviction is that if you're in that line of work, the people that you're serving deserve someone whose heart is fully in it. And so I just didn't feel right, you know, asking them to continue supporting me in that role when I knew my heart wasn't in it. So I resigned with no idea what I was going to do and had about three months worth of income set aside, which shocks me to this day that I even had that available, but started trying to figure it out. And there was, there was no dream in place. There was no real sense of what I was going to do. So it was, it was quite a a strange time for us. Now I wasn't going to say anything, but yes, you are, if I've met Carrie in real life and you guys probably can tell from his, from the podcast uh, episode cover page that uh, you're a young man. So I was like, Hmm, retiring at such a young age, but I can understand that. So you've, you kind of put away one dream and you're trying to figure out your next step. I mean, how, what did you do to go about that when you lost the calling in one sense, but at the same time, you're kind of a ship without a direction? Yeah, it was it was confusing at first. I had already been doing a few online things to try and get a little bit of side income coming in and none of them very successfully at that point because I simply just didn't feel like I had the time working full time in the church. And, you know, full time in the church can be 60 hours a week sometimes. So it was it was quite a quite a load to try and add something to that. So once I got out of ministry, I started working at those things a little more diligently, trying to figure out, you know, what's my thing? What am I supposed to be doing here? And in the meantime, had a friend who is a real estate agent here in our little town in Colorado who suggested that I look into becoming a mortgage loan originator because they needed one in the area. And so I looked into it, sounded like a doable thing. And so I started Uh, studying, taking a class that you're required to take to get licensed, which was a new thing as of 2010. And uh, as I was studying that package full of content to try and figure out how to become a loan originator and get licensed and pass the silly test, I realized that that whole testing process that the government had put in place was really convoluted and studying for it wasn't real intuitive. And so the teacher in me started coming out and I started thinking, man, there could be an online course in this. And so I started while I was studying for the test. I said, I'd laugh at it now because it's so unbelievable. I started screen recording myself studying with the the, the practice tests. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Just live, just saying, here's how I'm studying. Here's why I'm studying this way. Here's what I'm doing and thinking maybe I can put this into a course. And then as the days neared for me to take the test, I started realizing, well, you know, this course won't matter for anything if I don't pass the stupid test. And so. I, I did. I was able to pass the test. And probably within 10 days, I had that course online. And amazingly, it started selling almost immediately. Just to make sure I understand, you did a real world version, essentially, of yourself studying for an exam, passed the exam, put it online, 
And then people started buying it. Yeah, it's sort of like that. I mean, it, <laughs> it's it's packaged better than just, you know, here's me on my computer studying. Sure. It's, it's telling people how I'm doing it and why. And it was mainly uh, to tell people how to study, not really what to study, but but, you know, the questions are trick, trick questions. They're confusing. It's, it's regulations and ethics and all kinds of stuff woven together. And I just realized, you know, people are going to be very confused by this and, and they won't catch the trick questions that I'm seeing. And so I just just put it on video and, and it's there to this day and, and makes a significant piece of income for us even even to this day. So it's it's one of those little fortuitous things that I feel God led me into that. Every time my phone chichings with another sale, I just laugh to myself because I'm not even a loan originator anymore. So it, it's really funny. You know, and, and I say it facetiously, guys, about the whole real world thing, but it's an interesting take because it's a different way of teaching others. Um, you know, when I took the bar exam for law in Maryland, you know, I realized when I was being taught by the course instructors, they weren't teaching me what the law is in Maryland verbatim or anything like that. What they were really doing is kind of what you said, teaching you how to take the test, how to recognize certain things. And it's interesting. That's it's, it's a different approach that, you know, before law school and the bar exam, I didn't think of doing. And so the fact that you kind of caught on to that and used that as, you know, a way to help others is, it doesn't surprise me in the fact of, of knowing how you are and who you are, but, you know, amazing that you took advantage of that opportunity to, you know, put it out there and that it's still doing well for you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I'd gotten the idea, I guess, from a, an episode of Pat Flynn's podcast, smart passive income podcast. And the guy had done a, a kind of a, a course similar to that. And it just, I don't know, it just, it just came out of me as I was studying and uh, and just turned into a really good thing. So I am very thankful for it. That's for sure. Well, you, you've, so you've done, you've, you're a pastor, you created a video online course and your other n notable things are you're an author. Was that your next yeah. step of kind of figuring out what it is your calling was at that time? Well, you know, some of those books were written while I was a pastor, especially the Christian growth-oriented things. They mm -hmm. were things that, that I had put together for people I was working with and realized after a while, hey, with e-publishing and all that kind of stuff being a reality now, these could probably be, be books. So I... I paid a few people to help me format them and get covers and that kind of stuff and, and got them online. So it's it's not like I'm selling thousands of copies of, of those, but they are things that I've created. And then the fiction came about uh, from stories that I had told to my kids when they were little, and they had urged me for years and years and years to make them into books. And so I finally did, and the final product really didn't resemble the stories I told them at all, other than the characters were the same and the setting was the same. But the books uh, have turned out to be fairly popular with with a certain niche of people, and uh, and it's been fun. It, it, I mean, it just sounds like you've been doing a lot of things that you've been enjoying or trying new things to figure out where your fit is. So I'm curious, like I said, I have questions. How did you stumble into podcasting? Well, that's interesting. When I was in college and in high school, I had some brief stints as a radio announcer. And so I knew the audio part of things, but when I did that work, it was back in the day when you had to splice the tape of the razor blade and tape it together if you wanted to make an edit. I mean, it was crazy hard to do back in those days. And when digital audio came along, I became familiar with the free program Audacity early on in my uh, foray in, in the online space. And so I just played around with it a, a lot, just doing various things. 
And while I was still pastoring, I had started a podcast about the Christian family and realized as I was working on things like that, that, that I had some talent there with the editing and with the writing and those two talents kind of came together. And then after I had resigned from my pastoral career, I was helping an online friend do some editing on his podcast. And just out of the blue, he said, you should make a business out of this. And it was like the light went on. And, and I, because I knew the pain point, you know, I knew absolutely this is a need. And for podcasters who, who have better things to do than sit and edit audio, this would be a no brainer sale. And so I started packaging things together and trying to figure out what the business would look like and had, I don't know, three or four clients within a month. I mean, it's funny how other people recognize some of the things we should be doing faster than we do ourselves. Yeah. Which it sounds like you had that opportunity there, but you've been doing that and podcast fast track for a few years. And now you're about to start on this new adventure. It sounds like with your new project, Live, Build, Change. And so before we talk about that, though, I kind of want to talk about how you have one dream and you're working on it. And now a second one has been, I guess, in your mind. And what was that like? Did you ever think I have to have one? I can't have both. Or what was your mindset when the Live, Build, Change started coming into your mindset? Yeah, I've long been conflicted by the advice I hear on the internet that you have to have one passion. You need to follow mm -hmm. it. You need to niche down, you know, all those phrases you hear everywhere. And mm -hmm. yeah. And the logic behind it makes sense to me because, you know, if you, if you speak to everybody, you don't really speak to anybody. I, I totally get that. But for me, I guess the way I've come to look at it is, is my passion. My dream is bigger than just editing podcasts or just running a business my passion has to do with funding causes and, and things in the world that I care deeply about. Some of that has to do with my family and the, the kind of economic status we're able to enjoy because of the business that I've been able to create. But, but beyond that, it's the opportunity to be generous to people who are in need and to fund causes that, that I really care about. I mean, my, my dream, which I'm not to yet, is that within the rest of my lifetime, I'm able to fund three or four Bible translations for people groups that have never had the Bible in their language. I mean, that's just a, an example of the kind of things I'm aiming at. And to me, that doesn't depend on a specific niche kind of business. It depends on that broader vision of helping in that, in that greater way that, that has come up in my heart. And Live, Build, Change really is just a, a manifestation of that desire and trying to spark it in other people. Because I believe if, if more people than me are doing this, you know, thinking beyond themselves, beyond the income their business gives them to what that business could achieve in terms of good for the world, man, I think we could really make a big difference. And, you know, you have helped a number of people in different forms and different variations, and I'm sure you're going to help even more so in 2017 with Live, Build, Change. Do you, feel, do you find that with the people you've talked to, people who have passions or dreams, given the topic of what this the podcast is, do you think they limit themselves by 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 the things they hear on the internet and with the, what you were talking about about how niching niching down and kind of focusing on that one area? Are we limiting ourselves when we do that? You know, I think I think we are, and I think it's it's hard to be categorical about it because you know those people are being categorical because they believe in it and it's worked for them. But what I'm coming to realize is that's them. 
That's what they needed to do. And that's why they speak so strongly about it. But I think there are others, and it's not that one's better than the other, but I think there are other people who are wired differently and have broad interests in a number of areas and actually might be good at all of them. And, and those multiple targets definitely make it hard to manage time and not be, you know, like the, the dog chasing the squirrel sort of a thing. But, but I think there are people in the world who are like that. And I've just kind of come to terms with the fact that I'm, I'm probably one of them and they need to uh, learn time management and all that so I can make the best out of it. But, but man, I can't not chase these things. They're just, they're just part of me. And you're doing it really well. So <laughs> let's talk about Live Build Change. How long has this been in the works? It's been percolating in my mind for probably six to eight months prior to to this recording, December 2016, uh, in in small ways. And then I started probably three months ago seriously working on it, built a website, uh, have, have started recording podcast episodes and have uh, one of the editors on my team is my oldest son, and he's just all jazzed about it too. So he's doing the editing and I'm creating the show notes and we're putting this all together kind of ahead of time so we can launch with a whole lot of content already in the hopper and, uh, and, and kind of strategize about how to put it out, you know, what order to put things out in. And it's, it's been really fun to work on it. So that's actually a, a great segue. When, as, as we're heading out of 2016 into 2017, you took some time and you've uh, been kind of working on it, planning it. Have you been adapting your plan as it's, as time has gone by, or do you have a set plan and it's been, you know, let's knock it out one at a time. And, you know, if a roadblock comes address it then, or has it been the opposite, which is, you know, just kind of feeling how things are and taking it as it comes. No, we've had to tweak it as we've go, as we've gone along because, you know, my, my, I don't know if it's my zeal, but my, my belief in the project has waned at times. Mm -hmm. Uh, and some of it's just because of the obstacles you face, the resistance that you come up against, whether it's internal or external, you just doubt yourself like we all do. And, and so I've had times where I've got on Slack with my son and I've said, Hey, I don't know if I'm really going to do this thing. I know we've already recorded seven episodes, but I'm not feeling really encouraged about it. And he'll respond with this. What, what are you talking about? This is great stuff, you know? So he'll respond to me and encourage me and build me up. And I find that the camaraderie around the project has been really helpful to keep it on track. And, and the more I work on it, the more I see it is going to be a great thing, whether I help five people or 5,000 people, it, that doesn't really matter. It's, it's encouraging people to do something bigger than they think they can do. And I think if it, it's only five people that's affected by that. If those five people are doing bigger things than they expected, hey, I've done my job. Now, I want to talk about the five people. But before we do that, you had said something that actually caught my interest in the sense that I felt the same way recently. And in talking mm. to some friends of mine, I, also, I found they felt the same way in that for whatever reason, you know, most of us found ourselves in a funk, if, if that's yeah. the best way to put it. And it was, it was more than a day. It was more than uh, a week. It was probably three weeks for me and others varied in and out. There was no really explaining why for the funk, uh, if you will. And you said your interest may have waned. Did, how did you come out of that? And was there a long period of waning? You know, no, it wasn't a long period for me. It was maybe a week or two mm -hmm. and, and it was all internal. It was going on. I hadn't talked to my son yet until that message that I sent him and 
And I guess what snapped me out of it was just his enthusiasm about it because, you know, he's my son. Sure. He's my, and I'm excited to, to continue mentoring him, even though he's an adult and has kids of his own, I want to continue investing in his life. And if he, through listening to and editing the podcast is getting something out of it, man, there's reason enough for me to continue. And so then my mindset opened up and I'm realizing, oh, well, it's not just going to be him. Of course, there's going to be others. And if I do a good job trying to promote it and build the audience ahead of time, who knows what could happen? And so, you know, it was, it was kind of that churn internally that discouraged me. And, and I think sometimes just, you know, bad habits of thinking and stuff like that. And, and I've just learned a long time ago, you know, I can't doubt in the darkness what I've seen in the light. And so if I'm in a dark time like that and I'm finding myself doubting, I just need to go to sleep <laughs> and wake up again the next day and I'll probably have a better perspective about it. That's actually some great advice. You can't, can you say it again? Doubt it in the darkness? Yeah, we shouldn't doubt in the darkness what we've seen in the light. You know, it, it's kind of like, you know, if you, if you saw your car was parked outside in the bright of the day and then you go in the house and it's dark and you look out and you can't see your car, well, you shouldn't call the police that someone stole your car. I mean, it's dark. You can't see it. And, and that happens in life. We get these moods or these, these, I don't know, funks like you called it. That's a word I use too, by the way. <laughs> you know, they, they happen. They just happen. And there's no explaining them. And so during those times, don't doubt what you're already passionate about prior to that. You know, just wait till it kind of passes. Then you can see clearly again and move forward from there. Or lean on the resources and people who are in your life, like your son, for you. And usually those, they're fantastic with knocking you out of any funk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what a good support system does for you. That's a great point. Yeah, and, and so... You know, I love that your your son kind of brought it home for you because sometimes others see when we're hard on ourselves, they they bring us back out of it. And I'm glad because you're working on this project and it's about to launch and you're talking about how even if you don't have a thousand or a hundred people, even if it's just five, you know, let's talk a little bit about measurement of dreams because, you know, you're about to start a new one. You've kind of worked on a previous one. How do you at this point prior to launch prior to the cusp of seeing the reality of your dream, weigh success for yourself? Wow. That's a great question because uh, weighing success, I think, is as individual as we are as, in, as people. You know, for me, success in this at this point is that I'm being faithful to do what I think I'm called to do. It doesn't have to do with numbers, doesn't have to do with uh, amount of people listening. It has to do with me doing what I feel like I'm supposed to do. And it's already encouraging my son and giving him some, some better equipping for running a business of his own in the future, which he wants to do. And that's enough for me right now. Um, live, build, change is one of those things that I see as something I'm able to give back to the world because of the business I've been able to build, the podcast fast track business. And so I, at this point, I have very few plans for monetizing the build change. It's all going to be free content, giving out to people. The only things I can even imagine that might get monetized in the future will be like events we might do or if I'm asked to go speak somewhere or things like that. But I'm if I create courses, they're probably going to just be free video courses that I put on the site and anybody can access them because I feel like that's part of this bigger vision that I have for my life, this bigger dream than just building a podcast company. I mean, now I have some time in my schedule where I can do things like that. And so at that point, it's even going to be hard to measure because I, I won't know through purchases 
that people are benefiting from these courses. It'll just be the the occasional person who responds and says, hey, I really appreciated that. I mean, that's the only way I'm going to know. So so I think I'm going to have to stick with that faithfulness answer and just say, I've got to I've just got to do what I know I'm supposed to do and, and be content with that. And I think that's a great way to put it um, in, in multiple ways that you've said, but also the fact that we all measure things differently, mm-hmm. you know, and um, we're speaking to a podcast guest previously. And one of the things they said was we need to stop comparing ourselves to others yeah. and measuring yeah. ourselves by their stick instead of our own. Yeah. I heard someone today just on another client's podcast say that, that when we compare with others, we, we tend to conform to whatever standard it is that they have rather than being the unique us that we've been made to be. And I loved that. That's a great point. It is because, you know, when you conform, it's almost like you're settling for something. And the, the side effect of that is you may not be giving a part of yourself that you should be giving. Yeah. And the crazy thing about it is you don't know you're settling. You just think this is how yeah. it's supposed to be because that's the standard that's put before me. But, you know, thinking outside the box, who says that's the standard and who says it's the standard for me? You know, I, I'm called to something different, most likely. So I got to figure out what that is. And ironically, that's the thing that's going to bring the most value to the world because it's exactly who I'm made to be. Right. And the thing is, you know, if everybody wanted um, the same model that Pat Flynn has, you know, I love Pat. He's a fantastic yeah. guy, does amazing things, you know, but if everyone did the same thing Pat did, it'd be a very boring internet world. Yeah, I agree. You know, and, and the thing is, you're bringing something to the table that's different and, and is niched in a sense, you know, towards uh, people bettering themselves, live, live, build, change. And who knows what you can inspire based off of that for someone in 2018. Or 2017. Yeah. And they give their yeah. own spin. And it's each a little spin. And so as you've been putting this together, have you been keeping it broad in the sense of your topics and your... Um, so while, while the audience is niched, are you keeping everything kind of overall general? No. No. I... I well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are some of the episodes that I've recorded so far that are broad enough that anybody could apply the principles I'm talking about. But somewhere in every episode, partly because of my pastoral background, I'm bringing in scripture because this is niched toward Christians who want to build a business. And so I know there are things that I say on certain episodes that are going to make people who aren't of the Christian faith really angry or really irritated that I'm bringing in that Jesus stuff again. Well, <laughs> it's not for you, you know, right. I'm not, I'm not speaking to you if that's, if that's the response you have. And so I've had to just kind of ba- hold that tension in my own soul that, that this is not for everybody and I shouldn't expect it to appeal to everybody. And so when I integrate issues of faith into the, the practice of business and do so, so intentionally that, that I know it's going to alienate some people, uh, that's, that's just what I have to do in order to speak the message. I feel like I'm supposed to speak. You know, it, it reminds me of, uh, the scenario where, you know, if I, there's a certain type of movie that I'm not a fan of, you know, movies like old school, they're not really my type of movie, crude comedy and humor. It's not really yeah. me. Yeah. So, me either. right. So, but if you, if I go there and I know that that's what I'm going to be hearing, it's not really the producers or the actors, it's no one's fault except my own, knowing that that's what the 
intent is, that's what they're doing to be upset with that movie. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Right. So when people come in to your podcast and to your platform, they should be aware of what's coming. So, you know, I definitely don't want you and hope you don't ever change your view because of that, because, you know, you're serving a particular audience and those are the people that, uh, if they are upset, that's a different story, but you know, cause they're the ones you are essentially catering to. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I, I always, I always think of that and it's always interesting, but the reason I asked that question is, you know, with this podcast, we talk about chasing dreams and a lot of times people hear from entrepreneurs or people of different uh, backgrounds and they think, well, this isn't going to apply to me. This isn't something that will help me because mine is X, Y, and Z. And what you're talking about is ABC. Do you find yeah. that if anybody comes to live, build, change, you know, outside of the Christianity perspective of it, would they be served? Yeah, I think so. Like I said, you know, we're talking about business principles a lot of the time and, and mindset issues a lot of the time. And we all need help in those things, no matter how experienced you are in business or in dealing with your mindset, you can always grow in those areas. And so the things I have to say, I think in, for, for most people will be helpful. It's when I bring in the particular approach that Christianity would take to the issue that people may tune out and that's okay. You know, they, you know, may have gotten their, their chunk of, of goodness for the episode and want to turn it off then that's fine with me. It's not going to, not going to offend me at all. Well, I think that's really good uh, mindset to have because I think if we get stuck in trying to please everyone 100% of the time with 100% of our content, it's a dangerous road to go down. Oh, yeah. I, I had to learn that when I was, you know, preaching every morning for 300, you know, 52 weeks a year. You know, you, you just have to say what you have to say and you can't be worried about the response and it won't please everybody and that's okay. So is the way to get not, I don't want to say over that, but to, to accept that is, is it just a matter of suck it up? That's how it is, you know, accept it. Or is there something to kind of help people who may be struggling with that acceptance? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Cause I haven't really thought it through. Uh, I, I think that it depends on the individual because some of us, because of our baggage or our background or how we were raised really starve for that acceptance. You know, we, we almost live on it. We, the, we, we call it around our house, PBA performance-based acceptance. You know, we, we feel like we are not acceptable unless we're performing in a way that people approve of. And man, that's toxic. In some people, it's a harder battle to fight than others, you know, and, and I don't know that I'm really qualified to speak on it because I was raised in a, in a, a home where, you know, I remember in junior high, my, my girlfriend broke up with me and my mom's response was there are other fish in the sea, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so, and Fuck so I grew up. up with that. Yeah. I grew up with that mindset. Just, you know, get over it. You'll be better tomorrow. That kind of thing. And so, you know, I, I understand that mindset and that struggle because I have people close to me who struggle with it. And, and I think each of us has our own path to walk in that and learning to realize, I guess maybe, maybe the best thing I could say is just to accept the truth because it is the truth that you cannot please everyone. You just can't because if you try to, you're not going to please anybody because you're not being your authentic self. And so if you can accept that truth as a starting point, I think you're, you're on the right path. And see, so the interesting thing is, you know, even with the questions I'm asking Carrie, some things are easier to answer than others. And some are more black and white than gray, you know, and, and I think the thing 
and lesson to take is, especially as we're closing out one year and heading into another is, oh, there is no necessarily, would you say that there is multiple answers to things? Yeah, sometimes depending on where you've come from, you know, and I'm not, I'm not saying truth itself is relative. I believe truth is absolute, but I think that because of how we are wired as individuals and the things that have made us who we are, we view truth differently. And it takes us a while to, to work through the process of discovering what, what it really is. And so uh, if for some people, that's a fairly quick journey. For others, it's not, it, depending on the issue. You know, there's, there's multiple issues involved in that. So uh, it's, it, it's just a different journey for each of us. You know, going back to the people who, who tout the finding your niche and niching down and following only one passion. You know, like I said, they're so strong about it because that's the way it worked for them. But that doesn't mean it's going to work that way for everybody. And I think that is the thing to remember. You know, some things will work for other people and some things will work for you. And that goes back to the other part of, you know, look at focus on your own story, you know? Yeah, yeah. Focus on your own uh, drive and passion. As we're wrapping up and heading into the new year, right? What do you do to get ready for that new year? Is there anything in particular that you do to kind of prepare for it? You know, I long time ago stopped making New Year's resolutions <laughs> because they weren't helpful to me. They were, you know, this this one more expectation to put on myself that I probably wasn't going to fulfill, at least at the point I stopped making them. That's how I felt. Uh, but I do practice a, a sort of personal planning for the new year. And just because the new year is a convenient time to kind of assess and and look forward. And so I usually take a couple of days sometime after the beginning of the year to kind of get away by myself. If I can find a cabin to go off to by myself alone, I will. And I write out personal goals. I write out goals as a, as a father, as a husband, as a businessman, as a friend. Uh, you know, back in the day, it was as a pastor, you know, things I wanted to accomplish and, and more so felt like I should accomplish. And I guess I've done a lot of that this year with this liberal change thing because I've had to think it through a lot before I could actually pull the trigger. And so, you know, for me, it, it is helpful to to be intentional about the next period of time, whether it's a year or the next three months and set some goals and then kind of regressively go back to the step right before the goal. And what would that look like? And then the step before that, what would that look, look like until you get to where you are? And then you've got a map kind of that you have to be flexible with, but, but at least you have a path to start walking. And guys, as you're wrapping up 2016, you should be doing that. Yeah. I think it's great advice. And I think, um, I do something of a similar type, uh, for myself. And I, I think it's a very powerful thing to do. Yeah, I do too. I think that it, if you, well, the Bible says without vision, the people perish. And so, you know, you, you have to have something you're moving towards something that, your days are consumed with or else you just kind of float. You know, it's funny when I first got married, my wife told me I floated and I didn't have any idea what that meant, but she was totally right. You know, I, I was raised in a, in a way that I just didn't think about things very deeply. And so, you know, she's helped me to learn to be more intentional and, and purposeful in my interactions and in my plans and in my goals. And, and man, it, it enriches life so much. You're right on about that, Amy. And, you know, guys, we want to probably give you guys some time to like think about that. So Carrie, before we end, you know, what's coming, what is one thing 
you would tell someone who's chasing their dream? Boy, I got to think about that. I knew you were going to ask it and I still don't have a good answer. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think everybody has that same kind of uh, answer, which is hilarious. But you, sir, yeah. with I, and you've done every episode of the show notes. So you definitely knew this one was coming. I did. I absolutely knew it was coming. I think what I would what I would say to someone who's chasing their dreams is uh, be flexible. Uh, we tend to think that sitting down, making that plan and, and knowing every step of it is the answer. But that's not the answer because often our vision of what the dream's going to look like is not really what it's going to look like in the end because we're not omniscient. You know, we don't, we don't see the future clearly. We just have an idea really of where we're headed. And so as you're on the path and as you're approaching the consummation of that dream, you know, be flexible. Let yourself take little diversions here and there to get to the dream that might look different than what you thought it was, because I guarantee you, if it's the dream you're supposed to be chasing, it's going to be much better than even what you imagined. So uh, just be flexible and, and get there in, in your own good time. Some great advice, especially as we head into new year, guys. Carrie, as we wrap up the year, thank you so much for one, for what you do for the show two for all the advice you gave to everyone on this episode and wishing you nothing but the best in the new year and with the new program that you have live build change. And I hope it helps many, many, many more as you have in the previous years. Well, thanks Amy. Same to you. God bless you in the new year. And guys, that was Mr. Carrie green who has been such a friend of the show. He has done all the show notes for all of the episodes up to and including this one. And so we are Grateful, blessed, and thankful to have him helping us with that. And, you know, you guys can find all of the show notes and links mentioned, including to his new project, Live, Build, Change, on the show notes page over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com slash episode 72. That's episode 72. Now, guys, as this is the last episode of 2016, um, I tend to leave that last week off so that you guys can please enjoy it with your family and friends and, you know, be merry and prepare for the new year. You know, it's a very important time. Listen to what Carrie said, be flexible, you know, and as you review how 2016 went, try not to be too hard on yourself. Okay. It's very easy to do that, but please don't, you know, take whatever lesson it is you can from the experience and allow yourself forgiveness for, missing something if you missed it or, you know, congratulations and kudos if you did do something. So, you know, we got to be fair to ourselves when we look back because it's very easy to just be, go down the negative path and just not be positive for the new year. So when 2017 comes, I want you guys to go in with a bang. Okay. So first episode of the new year is coming up 73. That will be me talking about the new year and things to come after I do my own look back, review, look forward, plan out things. And we'll chat about that in the new year in episode 73. But for now, you guys go do have fun, you know, be with your family, friends, have a happy holidays, whatever you celebrate. And until next time, guys, keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. 
Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing. Chasing.